Welcome to Triangle 411, the pulse that moves the Triangle world today. It's a vibrant collection of stories, medical breakthroughs, what's trending, social good, events, and boundless other adventures. A conversation pit of comedians, authors, chefs, sports figures, experts, the common and the uncommon. Here's the host of Triangle 411, Mary Innsbrucker. Hi, friends. Have you heard of this latest trend? Repair cafes? They are part of an international movement to strengthen personal repair skills and promote the idea that we have more options than just simply discarding broken stuff and buying new. Think salvaging treasures and the epitome of recycling. The circular economy is increasingly discussed as an approach to production and consumption that emphasizes extended product lifetimes and a reduction in waste through product repair, reuse, recycling. <laughs> Those three R's, we've heard them, we've heard them often. This maintains the useful value of items over our everyday lives for longer periods of time. And what does that equate to? <laughs> Save money and reduce our environmental impact. With us today is Don Fick, the organizer of Repair Cafes NC. Since 2017, Repair Cafes NC has been conducting pop-up workshops where Triangle Area residents can partner with volunteers to find repair solutions for ordinary household items. But again, this is an international movement. So even though we're going to be talking to the person here in NC, North Carolina, I am sure you will be able to find similar activities where you live. Now, during the pandemic, these workshops moved online and involved participants around the world. And I'm glad to see it had a life after COVID and during COVID, jumping online. But now with the pandemic concerns easing, in-person workshops have resumed worldwide. Let's welcome Don to give us all the deets. Don, we're delighted to have you here. Hello, Mary. Thank you for having me on the show. So why don't we begin with the origins of this international movement? Yes, Repair Cafe um, was first held in 2009 in Amsterdam. A woman, uh, Martine Postma, had this idea of holding a, a community event where local residents could come together and repair household items. And it turned out to be a smash hit. She then did a number of other events in Amsterdam, and it quickly grew throughout um, the Netherlands and then Europe, and now it's a worldwide phenomenon. Okay, so tell us about the North Carolina chapter. Well, we got started in 2017, so um, I think uh, we were inspired by some of the news coverage for events that were being held elsewhere in the U.S., and so we uh, organized our first events in the spring of 2017, and uh, we've been going ever since. We've got a great core group of volunteers who come together periodically, and we hold these pop-up events where folks can bring in items and 
we uh, we make a, a strong effort to get them repaired. Now, did you organize Repair Cafe NC? Was it? Did you start it and gather people, or how did that work? Yeah, we. Um, I think we were fortunate. It was myself and um, Tom Karchis, one of our volunteers, who had come together in the spring of that year. And we were fortunate that just around that same time, there was some news coverage by NBC Nightly News, and there was an article in the New York Times. And so we had um, put up a website. We had begun to collect email addresses of people who were interested in participating. And um, we put together a core group of volunteers, and I'm really proud to say that most of those volunteers are still with us today. And so we started it in Cary at that time, and we've been growing ever since. That is good when volunteers stick with you. <laughs> that doesn't always happen. Yeah. So you are are very lucky. So they really are the uh, the core of um, of our program. We could not do it without their involvement. Understand. Now, for those who didn't see reports on NBC or New York Times or just are unaware of repair cafes, what is the concept behind them? Yeah, so we um, get together in community centers. Um, any place we can find space, um, ideally free space, um, typically a classroom size or, or two classroom size spaces where we have banquet tables and folding chairs, so very modest needs. And then we, um, our volunteers will come together and um, bring in tools related to their specialties and set up a workspace in this classroom. And folks from the community come in with broken household items. It could be anything from a, a lamp to a television to a vacuum cleaner. And um, we sit with them and our, our volunteer coaches partner with them in an effort to fix their item. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's kind of a, it's a unique environment. It's not anything that I, I've ever experienced before where you have a group of people come together. They don't know each other necessarily, um, but they, they share their expertise. They share their curiosity and they work together to fix these things. So that that sounds very nice. Um, I wanted to go back on something here about how many guests do you get to uh, come to these events? Yeah, so one of our our typical events, um, which runs maybe about four hours on a Saturday afternoon, we'll see up to about 50 guests come in with projects to work on. And those projects vary in size. It could be something as small as a bracelet needing a, a link replacement, or it could be a, a flat screen television. Okay, and you mentioned about finding the, di- the the different spaces to hold these workshops. And how difficult is that? Or give me some ideas of some spaces you've worked out for this. Yes, we've um, we've done events in Cary and in Durham. Um, in Cary, we've worked closely with the town of Cary and taken advantage of space in um, the Cary Arts Center, formerly the um, Old Cary High School or Old Cary Elementary School. Um, we've also worked in the Cary Senior Center, and most recently we've held events at the Herb Young Community Center in downtown Cary. Um, in Durham, we uh, have held a, a large number of events at the Scrap Exchange, where um, if you're familiar with the Scrap Exchange, it's, a, it's an environment which is kind of like a thrift store, scrap yard, um, and it's really very well suited for the work we do, where we have very kind of complementary missions. Um, but it is often a challenge to find good space. You know, um, we're looking for space ideally on a Saturday afternoon when many other organizations want to have events. So there is um, a little bit of competition to find a good spot. And um, but we're certainly welcome to, you know, open to talking with 
other organizations who may have space and want to participate and maybe host us. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Um, so good, good success there. And speaking of success, when we talk about repairing all these different uh, types of things, what is your success rate? Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, we don't have any special access to parts. We don't have manuals from the manufacturers. We don't have any um, documentation. We just have the tools that our, our coaches bring from home, so basically a, a single toolbox that they might carry from the car. And yet we can have a 65% success rate overall. Wow. And that's across a, a wide variety of items. So, yeah, it's really amazing how much can be fixed with just a, a humble set of, of tools with the right amount of curiosity and, and motivation to get something fixed. I love that. I love that. That's impressive. 65% without, especially without those uh, manuals. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. It is um, oftentimes just a matter of, of opening a thing up, which is not always easy to do, and then looking around inside to figure out what part has come disconnected or what simple component needs to be replaced. So is there a cost involved for people um, having something repaired? All of our, our efforts are free. We, um, that's why ideally we try to find free space for hosting us. Um, the only time we ask for reimbursement is if we use any parts. Um, we always have lamp parts on hand, so lamp sockets are certainly a common item, um, lamp wire, plugs. Um, and then uh, sometimes in our, our jewelry repair we will have um, a modest fee for some of the links and, and uh, clasps and things that we might use in a repair. But no, otherwise, everything is free. Our, our coaches bring their time and talent, and, um, and of course, we're happy to accept donations. But um, there is no charge to attend. Um, you're even welcome to just come down and watch. You don't have to bring a project with you. So let's talk about goals. Um, and, and, and we kind of touched on this just in what's it about and what's the background, but specific goals that you have in mind for uh, someone attending? Yeah, well, I, ideally, we'd like folks to learn a bit more about the items they own, um, to have a better understanding of um, what good build quality is. You know, when you purchase an item, um, is it well-suited for repair? Um, when you make a purchase decision, are you thinking about the long term, the total life cycle, the, the total cost of ownership for an item? You know, are you purchasing an item that's built to last and which is you know, designed to be repaired? Or is it something which is inherently disposable and poorly constructed? So we hope that folks come away with a little bit better understanding of, of the items that they own and, and their relationship with those items. Um, but, and then there are, you know, everybody comes into it with a mix of goals. It may be um, a concern about waste and you know, environmental impact or financial savings. Um, and a lot of times folks are, are simply motivated from a, a simple sense of thrift that, you know, we, we shouldn't waste otherwise good items and that we should try to prolong their life and get good value out of them. Mm -hmm. Is there a social aspect to this? Does anybody become friends or like someone attends with the repair and they become a repair person and joins the volunteers because they're so moved by the experience, et cetera? Oh, there, there is definitely um, a, a sense of camaraderie that begins building at the event. And then, yes, people do 
stay in touch. We often hear from folks afterwards about their experiences. They'll send us an email or come back to a, a future event. Um, they get to know our coaches by name. So there is definitely uh, some community building that occurs, and, um, and it is one of the more rewarding aspects of the work we do. We, we see familiar faces, and we get to know each other and, um, you know, kind of share in the victory of, of repairing an item success. So you do have a Repair Cafe event in North Carolina coming up. Tell us about that. Yes, yeah, so for the first time, we'll be uh, at the Durham Bottling Company, which is an innovative co-working space uh, in downtown Durham, uh, located close to Ponysaurus Brewery on the east side of downtown. And there we will be um, partnering with the uh, local Durham organization, Don't Waste Durham, known for their green-to-go um, packaging uh, for takeout food. And... Um, we will be uh, hosting our event there in November, November 5th. It's a Saturday afternoon, and folks can uh, visit our website at repaircafenc.org to learn more about that event and to sign up to attend. Can you give that uh, website again? Repaircafenc, all one word, dot org. And I, and I just want to put a, a little note in here again because we have a, a national audience this is for North Carolina, but to check out events in your area, you can go to repaircafe.org. Repaircafe.org. So no matter where you are, you might be able to take, to take advantage of this awesome new wave way to, well, not so new, it's been around, but it may be new to you if you haven't heard on uh, NBC or through the New York Times or all these other ways, um, something really you might want to either take something to be repaired or become a volunteer. Now, um, Don, I like what you said. I've got your quote here. It's, we never try to put a price tag on the work we do. We never say it's cheaper to buy a new one. We recognize that we do things that are often uneconomical. We can't put a price on being able to restore someone's memories. And we haven't really talked much about this side of what happens. In other words, we're not just repairing a toaster or a TV or something like that. There's other value to this when it comes to restoring maybe a family heirloom or something that holds a special memory. And you had a story about Anna's music box being restored. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, one of our uh, first events, um, one of our guests, Anna, had come in with a small music box, a glass and brass music box of, of the kind we're probably all familiar with, a small wind-up um, box where you lift the top and music plays, and there's a small compartment for jewelry or other uh, trinkets. And um, it was a gift to her from her grandmother many years prior. And for at least 20 years, it had not played. The mechanism simply stopped playing. Um, she could not wind it. And so she brought it to us, and she sat with two of our coaches, and they spent well over an hour carefully cleaning and adjusting and and. Um, working through the mechanism, making sure that all the friction points and all the little screws were properly adjusted and tightened. And 
by the end of that hour, it was playing music beautifully. And for Anna, it was not just fixing a thing, not just playing the music, but it was restoring the memories of her grandmother. And though her grandmother had passed many years before, it was as if her grandmother was there with her. It brought back for her all of those memories. And we see that time and again as we work with folks to repair items. You know, the, the classic uh, you know, neighborhood repair shop where you might take an item for repair simply doesn't exist anymore. A lot of the, the skills and the knowledge of how to repair some of these um, more unusual items or maybe antique items is simply not available um, on the retail main street. And so we, uh, we are doing a lot of that kind of work. We, we sit with folks and work on items that could be 50 to 100 years old and in that way restore their memories and, and bring back fond recollections of their childhood. That is just so moving. I'm so glad you shared that story. Well, thank you so much for being here. And um, I know I'm probably going to see you one day, Don, because I have a lot of things that need repairing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're certainly welcome to come down anytime. Thank you. Well, it is time to high five and say goodbye. I'm Mary Innsbrucker for Triangle 411. Today's pocket, reduce reuse, recycle.